Hello, 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 and welcome to another fantastic episode of Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable Discussion. Before we get started, let me remind you that we are covered by the BIPCOT No Government License, which allows for the reuse and distribution of this podcast by anyone and everyone except for governments and the bludgies thereof. You can learn more about that at BIPCOT.org. That is B-I-P-C-O-T dot O-R-G. We're also protected by Brandenburg v. Ohio 1969, which ruled that the government cannot punish inflammatory speech unless that speech is uh, directed to or inciting or producing lawless. I don't have it open in front of me. I'm sorry. No, it's uh, d- yeah. directed to promoting or inciting. Is it rebellion? Sedition? No, Something it's, like it's, that? Violence? It, violence. Im- it's imminent, imminent lawless action. Imminent lawless action. There you go. Yeah. Let's see. And is likely to do such. Um, held up the government can't punish inflammatory speech unless that speech is, quote, directed to inciting or producing imminent lawless action and is likely to incite or produce such action. Most professional podcast ever. It literally took me like two <laughs> seconds to minimize my window and click on the note that I have that has that on it that I read every time that I didn't have open this time. <laughs> Let's just I mean, fucking wing it. Uh, I mean, episode, what is it? What is it? Episode 96, and we still can't get it right. So. Still haven't figured out the opening. It's literally the same every time, but we can't do it. I, well, the the Bipcot one I got memorized. That one's, I have I hear that one in my sleep. But the, the, um, the Brandenburg v. Ohio one, I think that's only like 20 episodes, 25 episodes, something like that. But that's I hear... Still- I, I hear it on Vanu and and Liberty Under Attack also. Yeah, and it's I mean in twenty that that's like six months. <laughs> yeah, six months of this we've been doing that opening <laughs> still. Yeah, I don't know something. No, yeah. See, look, I got the new patch. It says uh, the beatings will continue. The beatings will continue until morale improves. I figured that was a uh, that fit. Yeah, and we, yeah, like we were talking about before show, just like I don't know why we never record the pre-show, but because we really do that, you know, if we ever set up a Patreon, we could do that where we could do the pre-shows as a Patreon exclusive. That would actually be a perk that we could offer patrons. Yeah. So, uh, if we ever learn how to do audio editing and stuff, yeah, what would we, man? What would we even do with money from Patreon? Like, I. <laughs> Ow. Ow. Do a, <laughs> buy more of these am, or armed abolitionist patches. I don't know. Something. Yeah, buy 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 more uh, buy more patches to try and give away and have <laughs> no one enter because no one again, the post. <laughs> I have a free fucking patch to hand someone and no one apparently wants it. Or if they do, they like half follow the instructions and can't get the whole thing. <sighs> Man, it's, it's, people are hard to please. Although, although, and there's, yeah. and there's somebody that listens to the show that looked at that patch and goes, "Okay, that's a cool patch." Yeah, and then they didn't go to the Facebook page and share the post. Yeah, so they could just so, get it, which is pinned to the top of the page. And I, I am not going to. I have more patches to give away, but I'm not giving them away until that one goes because now. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> now it's, it's did you see? Did you see the new one from Poppins? 
Uh oh, the um, did did he release the Biden one? Uh, he released the Biden one, but it's, it's a new one. It's the the Wookiee one. Oh yeah, I did see that one actually. I think before he released it, yeah. yeah. That one's that one's pretty good. The um, I still I wish he'd do the the Boogalorian one already that that we kind of helped co-design with him. But I uh, I also I have one of these that I tried to give away to Josh and I sent him a message on the post because he won it. Josh Hare, and uh, he he hasn't responded, so I haven't sent it to him yet. It's just sitting here, waiting. I, I have a bunch of things to give to you people. What just <laughs> why? <laughs> Here, let me give you free I'll things. I don't you. want Yeah. But it's 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 free. No, we didn't vote for it, so it doesn't count. Yeah. When I didn't vote for it. I'll vote it. All right. Strange men talking on podcasts. There's no basis for a system of giveaways. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of strange men talking about podcasts, what's the uh, the podcast you're recording Tuesday? Um, I will be on the status quo with, uh, with Matt, Matt Freeman. Freeman. And uh, we will be talking about uh, the kind of the rise of neo-fascism in the United States and the parallels between what we're seeing right now in the U.S. and, uh, like, the uh, Italy in the inner warriors uh, and the rise of Mussolini, as well as uh, Germany and the Weimar Republic and um, the uh, the rise of uh, Nazism and also the difference between the two, which is a little murky but exists and and going into that and trying to define fascism because fascism wasn't the same in Austria wasn't the same as it originally was in Italy wasn't the same as Nazi Germany wasn't the same as uh the Ukraine which kind of adopted it wasn't the same as <laughs> it's not the same as here yeah it's just, just saying there's there's some core concepts that make fascism fascism and it's a misapplied term a lot I think a lot of people have this really strong tendency with fascism to just go, oh, well, you just think you're the best and everybody else is under you. So therefore fascism, that is not fascism. Yeah, <laughs> that is that is elitism, but that is not fascism. <laughs> it's another it's another one of those terms like racism and sexism and bigotry and homophobia and and, and hate speech and just all these words that are that are supposed to have like solid powerful meetings meanings and they're just they're so watered down by modern by modern uses that yeah. they, they've literally lost all their intended incantations or incantations well, yeah the 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 pro i mean like yeah okay so fascism communicates uh, you know a lot of these these ideas on these connotations mm -hmm. of of superiority and of certain people being in charge and things but everyone uses it for that but that was not really especially Mussolini's fascism mm -hmm. and he is the founder arguably of modern kind of fascism yeah and was originally a socialist Fun fact, everybody forgets mm -hmm. that and fascism really is socialism. And I'll get into that on, on Tuesday on that show. But yeah, um, yeah, the uh, the the reality is that fascism isn't about elitism at all. 
uh, it's that that isn't what fascism is. It's it's actually an economic yeah. and kind of socioeconomic idea. Uh, that it's, it's the what is it the 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 intertwining federal control of 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 certain industries or yeah I'm, basically yeah. it's it's kind of the the idea is that you, technically the state controls all of the businesses it's it's a it's corporatism is what it is is mm-hmm. that the 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 major corporation the state then controls smaller corporations which were previously private companies and while those are ultimately still owned by private owners they actually don't get to decide what they're going to do um they're essentially all wholly owned subsidiaries of the main corporation the state and it's a really interesting thing and it is ultimately socialism i mean freaking adolf hitler spent most of mein kampf trying to argue that his brand of socialism was different than <laughs> stalin's brand of socialism and that was that was like most of mein kampf but nobody's ever actually read it so they don't know that that's what he actually said <laughs> and that's well, is the whole idea most people most people don't understand 1984 either so they don't and yet we're pretty much living in a dystopian future novel i mean like Huxley's Brave New World, Orwell's 1980, like that's <laughs> that that Venn diagram where it's like it's like uh, uh, 1984 and a Brave New World, and then um, Fahrenheit 451, uh, Fahrenheit 451, like Animal Farm, and and it's like you are here, yeah, we're just a mixture of all of them because <laughs> we are we're living in this super weird, like if you when I was even a kid, I could not have believed that we would find ourselves in the world that we found ourselves in at this point, especially with COVID like, holy crap. Did I not, not just, not just with, with COVID, like, like having COVID, like the, the virus itself. Yes. It, 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 kill, it, it aids in killing people and all this. So I'm not going to get into the numbers, but the reaction to it, the reaction to COVID is Tremendous. Like I, I read an article the other uh, yesterday that talks about for like for the next eight to twelve years, we're gonna have a two trillion dollar a year deficit because mm-hmm. of the repercussions and the ramifications from the economic shutdown. Oh yeah, it it destroyed so many livelihoods. I saw a, a statistic today. It said something like between seventy five and eighty percent of small businesses shut down because of COVID are not expected to reopen yeah. ever. Ever. Um, my uh, New York City, New York City, they they estimate that a hundred thousand businesses permanently close their doors. Yeah. I mean, it's it's turning the United States into an economic wasteland, and the I mean, even my my company that I work for, um, which is a a multi-billion dollar company mm-hmm. saw because we uh wholly own our own um so we wholly own our own capital i think uh-huh. is the correct way to put that basically we don't borrow money from anybody we own everything we saw a 40 percent loss in our receivables because of covid mm-hmm. Which might not seem like, oh, it's only 40 per Yeah, but when you're talking about receivables in the hundreds of millions of dollars, mm-hmm. 40% you guys, is a and, huge number. And what you got, what your business is, I don't, if, I don't know if you want to put that out. I think you've put it out there before, but like you guys really should be one of those industries that is needed in a recession, that survives a recession. Mm-hmm. 
Right. He should but, have been. Mm-hmm. And we actually, I, we actually anticipated that. I mean, initially at the beginning, we really anticipated a huge surge. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't see it. And not only did we not see it, but then everybody started paying off their debts to us when they got the stimulus package because it <laughs> it forced everybody to kind of what it did is it killed a lot of consumerism in the United States. Mm-hmm. And once that started dying, like it just everything's, you know, everything's starting to fall apart because no one's buying anything. Everybody's actually hoarding what they're bringing in all of the money. They're, they're being really fiscally at least right now. Cause that's the thing I've learned in the industry I'm in and in lending is people tend to go back to their old patterns of behavior eventually. Oh yeah. There's it's only a matter of time. (laughs) Yeah. People like the, the tearing down of the, the statues is a perfect example of this is that, that people don't really learn from the past. Right. Especially like like modern day people that don't learn from the past. Like this happened, and there will be some people that will take it as a sign and and will change. But the vast majority of people, it'll be just another Tuesday. Like they'll 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 go back to it. They'll go absolutely back to the way they were. The same with after after the uh, um, the slump in, in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. Right with with the tart bailouts for that were like. Was it like nine hundred billion dollars, and people were absolutely losing their mind that they spent that the government put out nine hundred billion dollars to bail out all these corporations, and they didn't blink at all over two point three trillion. Yeah, trillions of dollars in bailing out companies, and and there's another bill on the books. There's another yeah. bill working through Congress right now for three trillion, including a trillion for infrastructures. And the GOP part of the part of the one of the riders on that bill is from is from the GOP, and the lady wants to give people four thousand dollars to take a vacation. Yeah, I know, which is funny because like I <laughs> we'll, laughed we'll get, about. We'll it. get to that. We'll get to that bill in a second because it's it's gonna be a good laugh. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> and that that is a good laugh. But that's that's what you're seeing. I mean, and people don't see that what's happening is that because people don't have the income that they did before, because they don't have the reliability of the income streams, and suddenly, suddenly, like with the Great Depression, they've been slapped with the reality that the economy could tank and companies wouldn't be producing things that they need anymore. We're seeing this rise again in hoarding and in um, you know personal recycling. Like rather than throwing out this can, I can use this can for something rather than chucking this bottle. You know, maybe I can use this bottle rather, you know, rather than using eight pieces of paper towel to soak this mess up. I can use an actual like hand towel and then just wash it. We're starting to see that all come back again, which isn't necessarily entirely a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But we're simultaneously also seeing them go, well, I need something that protects my revenue stream and going, help me, daddy government. And it's playing into Cloward Piven perfectly. Oh, Cloward Piven has been on my mind since this thing started. And I still think it's absolutely viable. I absolutely think that's viable and that I can. I think that's why Trump is going to get four more years. Yeah. Well, he was a psyop to begin with, and anybody oh, who thinks differently is absolutely kind of he's, soul, but he's he's the, he's the <laughs> the great appeaser. Yeah, it was 
everything was coming to a head. We were about to see a second civil war happen if if Clinton got elected. We everybody knew it. Everybody saw it coming. They the robbed us. They robbed us of our boogaloo. Yeah. And it was it was a strategic move to keep that mm-hmm. from occurring because they weren't going to rebel against him, but they would have against Clinton. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> we, we've mentioned that before about the militia movement, all this build up to Clinton, all this build up into 2016 and Trump comes into office and it disappears. And then it takes like two and a half ish years for people to realize what Trump is. And it gave rise to the meme militia and the, the, all the boogaloo talk. Yeah. The, uh, the, the meme based, <laughs> meme based insurgency. Task yeah. force igloo. Yep. This is actually one hell of a patch too. I don't remember where I got this from. I think I actually got this from, um, Oh, it wasn't Savage Tacticians. It's actually a fairly boot uh, and anarchist friendly page. I don't know who it is, but it's actually so precision made. I don't know if you can see it on camera, but oh. George Washington on this actually has the name George on his name. <laughs> and that nice. is tiny, man. That is a that is a morale patch. Oh, and it's I actually got it. On is that, that it, is he got? Does he have a flag gator? Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. That's kind of cool. That's that's cool patch. Yeah, it's it's one hell of a patch. But yeah, he. Uh, oh, hey, Hi, hey guys. <laughs> nice of you to join us. Yeah, sorry well, about she, that. She, she's on she's on female time, so like she's on time right now. I am the one who's almost always early for this shit. You guys, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> but there's always a crisis around here. Well, no, scratch that. There's never a fucking crisis around here. Until I have some shit I have to do. And then there's a fucking crisis every time. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways. We were just we were, we were just rambling and rumbling, stumbling, rambling about uh, fascism and patches and economy and the weird vibe in the air. And, Ooh, my uh, favorite. <laughs> and Andrew's going to record on Tuesday with the status quo. Oh. Uh, Matt Freeman, who is <coughs> hands down one of my favorites. That oh, yeah? that that podcast, he he is so information driven. It's a fantastic listen. Nice. Oh. Nice. Yeah. So. yeah. He he hit me up after um, the last episode when I had mentioned, you know, kind of at the end where I'd been talking about the that's fact what, that what I'm that's what seeing me- is the parallel. He messaged me and he's like, that last ten minutes. Or uh, uh, that that rant by Andrew was that hit the spot. Like he said, like that was what he was trying to say, or something like that, and begged me to connect you to. But yeah, from the so, last podcast. Yeah, yeah, because I'd, I'd ended Andrew talking on, about Andrew went on like a twelve minute rant. <laughs> was, I did. Too. So what's fucking new? Andrew always goes on twelve minute rants, <laughs> and they're almost always fucking beautiful. Uh, well, yeah. until he starts ranting about lacrosse, and then he just rambles on and on and on. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, no major rants about lacrosse right now. We, other than complaining about the sudden spat of insane shootings that we've had, which is just what the hell. So um, that's 
That's yeah. Last night or not last night, night before last, a 19 year old guy working as a bouncer got shot have... at a bar in town because he kicked some d- drunk dude out because he wouldn't leave a chick alone. So he tossed him. Jeez. So the dude went, got a gun, came back the next night and shot him. Bow. Yeah. So, hey guys, I have a really shitty butt. connection. So give me a sec. I'm going to drop out and I'll be back. Good luck. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it just, it makes no sense. And it's, but that's, that's that whole weird vibe in the air. I mean, it's, well, I mean, everybody's losing their minds. We've had people locked up, literally, literally locked up, literally on house arrest for like three months now. Over, over three months now, because it was, it was the second week of March here. So we're at like yep. three and a half months now. The uh, and then, uh, you give people money and people come out of it and it's hot, right? Summer's, summer's here. School's out. Colleges are out. I mean. Oh, yeah. It's, it was like, like right now, I think today it, it only got up into the, the mid to high 80s. But like the other day it was like 95 degrees here and like 98% humidity. It was just disgusting. That's like every day in Virginia in the summer. I can't. I couldn't do the humidity. Like, give me the, give me the heat. I'll take the heat here. I mean, we get hundreds plus, but the humidity is only like 10, 12, 15, 18 uh, percent. Well, you yeah. guys have seen those pictures I've put on Facebook of the condensation on the outside of our windows in the morning sometimes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It looks yeah. like you left a glass of ice water sitting outside in the summer. It's just <laughs> dripping down the fucking windows. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I've I lived in Georgia, North Carolina. I know what that's like. I can. Yeah, the Mid Atlantic fucking yeah. humidity. Oh, I yeah. think. I, yeah, I just I have a shitty connection, guys. So I'm just gonna leave video off for a little while. Sorry about that. For, for whatever reason, my Wi-Fi is giving so they me have. Trouble. So they have to look at Andrew and I. Yeah. I mean, they can look at my pretty little thumbnail pic with my pink hair. That's always. That was years ago. That's from the, from the confectioner punk days. Mm -hmm. I know. People still associate me with the pink hair, even though I haven't had it in years. (laughs) I haven't bleached. I haven't even bleached my hair in years. So. So, all right, since since we're talking about shitty weather, let's uh let's jump into this. Um, GOP bill would give each taxpayer four thousand dollars to take a vacation anywhere in the U.S. through the end of twenty twenty one. What? Four thousand dollars <laughs> won't fucking pay for a vacation. Depends on where you go. Wait, every taxpayer? Every taxpayer, yes. Uh... So, a new. Republican bill, which would give each American $4,000 to take a vacation anywhere through the... Okay, so Senator Martha McSally unveiled the proposal on Monday called the American Tax Rebate and Incentive Program Act. That is the American Trip Act. It would give each person a tax credit. Yeah, it would give each person a tax credit, meaning they would be they would have to apply for the write-off up to $4,000 in travel-related expenses and tax forms. The threshold would double to $8,000 for couples and additional $500 per 
child for all travel within the U.S. to cover food, drink, lodging, live entertainment, transportation, including airfare, or including airfare and car rentals. Okay, but let's be clear. <laughs> this is not like a stimulus check. Okay, they said it's it's they a, said tax, tax it's a tax credit. credit. Yeah, it's wait, a tax credit. wait, write so, off or credit? They're two different things. Let's see. So, it says uh, American Tax Rebate Initiative Program uh, to apply for a write off. Up to four thousand in travel related expenses. Yeah, you have okay, to have so receipts. Okay, so that's yeah, that's that's out of pocket for you. You have to have receipts, and then it's not like you get that money back from the taxes you paid. What that does is it lowers your taxable income, and if you have enough um, deductions like that, you can maybe push yourself down into a lower tax bracket. So yeah. maybe uh, if you're okay, fucking on, lucky. <laughs> It would apply to trips taken between December 31st, 2019 and January 1st, 2022. Meaning people could write off a vacation taken earlier this year. The tax credit would have only apply, or apply only to journeys that are 50 miles beyond the taxpayer's, quote, principal residence. Huh. <laughs> so if you take a vacation that's only 40 miles away sorry no dice huh so anybody who lives even remotely close to like a tourist location like uh pigeon forge in tennessee or the wisconsin <laughs> dells or branson missouri or where that if you live clo too close to those it doesn't matter that you went to a major tourist destination you still don't get it okay but here's here's what's funny right Aren't we all supposed to be like staying home and social distancing and aren't they discouraging fucking travel right now, but they're going to turn around and incentivize travel? Yes. It's like, so, so is it bullshit or is it not bullshit? The coronavirus thing. <laughs> it's both. It's, it's, it, they, they're Trust. giving you both a carrot and a stick simultaneously. Right. Like if you take the carrot, they hit you with the stick. <laughs> right. This that is makes Pavlovian sense. conditioning. The yeah. Schrod Schrodinger's <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's both real and not real simultaneously. Yeah. yeah. Quote. Yeah. Quote. The tourism and hospitality industries were among the hardest hit <coughs> sectors across the country, and their revival is critical to our economic recovery. My legislation um, will help boost domestic travel and jumpstart the comeback of our hotels, entertainment sectors, local tourism agencies, and the thousands of businesses that make Arizona one of the best places in the world to visit. She added, huh. it will also encourage Americans to safely get out of their homes and discover or rediscover Arizona along with the rest of the amazing destinations our country has to offer after a difficult several months stuck inside. So a lady who represents one of the states with the highest population of at-risk people, <laughs> the elderly, is yes. inviting the entire nation to come fucking visit her state. <laughs> yes. It's oh. not that she likes her state that much. She just really freaking hates it. So oh, Right. Okay. <laughs> just all right. screw you all. Die. All right. All right. And what it. is there to do? What is she talking about? The premier? What is there to do in Arizona? I guess you could, historically cook. interesting, you could you visit. Yeah, yes, if you've yes. ever wondered what it's like to sit inside a preheating oven, you can go to Arizona. <laughs> well, McSally, who served in the Air Force, is locked in a close Senate race with Democratic challenger Mark Kelly, a Navy veteran. Oh, wow. <sighs> Mark Kelly, you guys know that name, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, difference. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I'll like, tell you what. You know what's weird? What most people don't realize. Andrew can fucking verify this. What's really odd is that in the armed forces, most of the officers, aka the ones who went to liberal universities, mm-hmm. they're all fucking liberals. Like, yeah, it, it's crazy the division of right versus left in the military. Like the ones you can you can spot them super easy because they're the ones with fucking officers insignia. The lefties um, in the military. Um. Uh, oh God, who's the guy? Um. He does uncensored tactical. I can't remember the guy's name, but he's based out of Arizona. Um, he was in the Coast Guard and did. Um, oh, the uh, Coast Guard is the worst. Most did, of did, them are fucking. Yeah, he did. Liberals. He did boarding for inspect for for inspections and all this other stuff. Um, but he actually talked about that about how the upper tiers, how people that would um, are 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 resistant to big government. <sighs> How they're pushed how they're pushed out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh definitely. Well, Especially mm-hmm. in the fucking Coast Guard. Don't mm-hmm. don't don't fucking get me started. Kevin worked for them for seven years. Don't fucking get me started. You're almost the totally Coast the military though, guys. I mean yeah. it's, 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 totally. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. I'm just saying the military <laughs> has it has a caste system and people who feel oh, yeah. that they're better, people who just feel that they're better than everyone around them, aka officers just typically tend to lean to the left. And that's pretty, I think that's pretty typical of lefties in general. They just have this sense of self-righteousness and like they're better than everybody else. Well, and that's, so. and that, I mean, and that's why you see the cult of personality develop around generals who aren't like that. Right. Um, like, like Mad Dog Mattis. I mean, don't get me wrong. The guy's still statist as shit and everything else. I'm not pretending right. he's, he's anything, but, but the reason that people loved him so much, not just Marines, but, even army and and navy and i don't really give a fuck about the chair force mm-hmm. but they they the, the reason why it's not like they actually see real combat let's be um it's they you know there's a reason why they they kind of coalesced around that because he wasn't one of those elitist scum right <laughs> he, he was actually a halfway decent leader like um uh, from years ago, Dick Winters, if you're familiar with the Band of Brothers and stuff, the probably the greatest officer to ever serve in any military ever, Dick Winters. Um, everybody loved him because he was an elitist and he cared more about the guys than he cared about himself, which is right. rare. If right. anybody wants to know how most of the military views uh, the officers very easily, listen to the songs from like the Vietnam era called Big Muddy. Derek, I don't know if you're familiar with it. The we're yeah. knee deep in the ne- big muddy, and the the lieutenant doesn't listen to anybody and winds up drowning. Yeah, quote and, drowning. Yeah, I know. My my dad was a lieutenant in Vietnam in the army, and um, he uh, yeah he he always says you know that he felt fortunate to have like the support of his men and things like that because so many lieutenants were getting greased by their own their own guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. blue. My dad was the payroll oh. officer, so they fucking liked it. Oh, yeah, they had to stay on his good side. Yeah. <laughs> he had that advantage. But yeah, that's, right. I mean, that, that sums it up, though, is the fact that, like, like NCOs, because we're NCOs, we are very close to the guys because we used to be one of them. So <coughs> right. We completely understand them, whereas the lieutenants and things, the, the captains, the majors, they don't ever really interact with even the enlisted because 
well, I'm just they're they're scum essentially. They're, like they're oh, beneath me. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm an officer. I mean, yeah. And that's and that's the mentality and you see it. And it's so funny because the American military is ostensibly supposed to be, you know, kind of founded on American ideals and it's totally not. It's still very similar to the British army where you had the same kind of cast aristocracy filling the ranks of the officers. Yeah, exactly. And, And I think that not only is it because those officers went through the liberal university system, but also I think people who naturally kind of feel that way gravitate towards things like positions of authority like that's what they work towards other people just want to get in do a good job that they can be proud of you know and and live a good life but there are people who just feel like they need to tell everybody else how to fucking do shit (laughs) and those people gravitate towards being officers and they gravitate towards being lefties okay okay just for shits and giggles, because General Mathis came up, I had to look up a tweet, and and, and Dirica said that thing about telling people how to live and all this. Stuff. Chairman of the Libertarian Party, Nicholas Sarwak, when uh, um, when Mattis left the White House, uh, Nicholas Sarwak put out a tweet officially inviting General Mattis to join the Libertarian Party, mm-hmm. based on his foreign policy. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> his foreign his foreign po- the man who said and I quote I didn't bring artillery this time but I'm begging you with tears in my eyes if you fuck with me I will kill you all that guy his mm-hmm. foreign policy yeah <laughs> yeah I just, hey, but at least at least the GOP is trying to give us tax credits for taking a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. Like me and my sister talked about that, actually, like the other day <laughs> where we laughed about this, the entire idea. It's like, wait, so when no one has any money and you're telling everyone to stay home, you go, well, we'll pay you back for going and yeah. violating the quarantine. Hey, this this works, though, for me, because <laughs> I'm, I'm driving the boys across the country this summer to visit my family. We're driving from East Coast to West Coast and back. So if any, like, you know, any of these little localities, if I get fucked with by the law, I'll just be like, hey, it's I, it's for a tax break. Government? It's a tax break. Yeah. Like the yeah. federal government encouraged this. <laughs> All right. Along those same lines, the Fed sent more than 1 million coronavirus stimulus payments to dead people. According to And they never sent one to us. They said they were going to. According to to the the GAO. (laughs) Yeah. They, I actually know somebody, somebody on, uh, when I posted that on my Facebook, actually commented that, uh, one of my friends that she, uh, her mom, uh, her dad's been dead for a while and her mom actually got a stimulus check for him. Yeah. Huh. As much as $1.4 billion paid to deceased Americans. The IRS says that money must be returned. <laughs> <laughs> you or... did. You returned it. That you were returning our money when you did that. Yeah, and now we're right. going to return it to you, quote. Return <sighs> yeah. yeah. Um, who are you going to go after if it's not returned? The dead person? Yeah. <laughs> okay, oh, the person uh, put a lien on your... Jack. 
Yeah, we're going to put a lien on your cemetery plot. <sighs> on your like, headstone. It's going to confiscate your ashes. All right. Uh, more than one million stimulus tone. They okay, blah, 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 blah. Um, my ass. They might. All right, that's just one of the major <laughs> findings in a new government accountability office. Okay, government accountability office. That's... Uh, uh, the CARE Act passed by Congress. Uh, in addition to mailing checks to some dead people, the GIO found that federal agencies, like the Small Business Administration, which was tasked with processing more than $600 billion in payments to businesses forced closed by the pandemic, struggled to handle the massive surge in spending that caused confusion and left government uh, auditors unable to do important oversight work. <laughs> right, hold on, hold on. Okay, quote, Consistent with, <laughs> consistent with the, with the, consistent with the urgency of responding to the serious and widespread health issues and economic disruptions, agencies have given priority to moving swiftly where possible to distribute funds and implement new programs. As trade-offs were made, however, agencies have made only limited progress so far in achieving transparency and accountability goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oops. Yeah. It. Uh, <laughs> We've been trying really hard. Promise. Uh, they're so they're so well known for their transparency and accountability. Well, and don't forget the GAO. They're the ones who got caught a few years ago having spent millions of dollars on parties like Party. in Vegas, featuring yeah, strippers a, and like yeah. lobster tail dinners on and keychains and or, or key fobs and cozies and t-shirts and <laughs> just. <laughs> yeah. Who watches the Watchmen, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're going to investigate themselves and find they did nothing wrong. Well, that was the best part is when they got caught, everyone's like, well, who do we call on to investigate? Right, here, here, this, like, yeah. this, this is the, this is the, this is the best part. Okay, gonna, gonna, okay, I'm trying to get through this paragraph. Okay. <laughs> Officials from the IRS told the GAO that they raised the potential problem to Congress even before the CARES Act was passed. So they knew this was a, this was knew this was possible before it was even signed. After the bill was passed, IRS attorneys determined that the agency did not have the legal authority to withhold payments from deceased individuals. Wait. Yep. <laughs> what? Because IRS, of the way the bill was written. IRS attorneys determined that the agency did not have the legal authority to withhold payments from deceased individuals. And here's here's why. Here's why. So, and this is why the IRS brought it up and went, uh, guys. So the way the law was written, if you had filed a tax return in 2019, you know, for, for yeah. 2018 or 2019, you got the payment. But people who are deceased could have filed or even if they were deceased before the filing date, someone can file on their behalf. And it still reads as if they're the ones who filed, which means that unless that provision was written into the law. The IRS cannot say no and has to pay it. Hold on. Okay. So the bill literally like tells them to every fucking person who paid taxes. Yep. File everybody the tax who, return. Yep. Everybody who whether filed they're the tax still alive or not. Hold on. Yep. Okay. One more, one more paragraph and then we'll all laugh for ten minutes. Okay. Or even if they're not a legal U.S. resident. Uh, <laughs> oh, California. California passed its own stimulus package to. Give money to um, 
non-documented immigrants. Okay. Uh, Officially, the IRS says that any payment made to a dead person must be returned. But the GAO notes that, quote, the IRS does not currently plan to take additional steps to notify ineligible recipients on how to return payments. So you have to give it back, but we're not going to tell you how. It's, like, supposed to it's just... like a fucking disgruntled wife for fucking. Yeah. It's, what? Like, what do you? Am I supposed to just bring a you, money order you know down what, to the local you office? Know what you did wrong. You know what you did wrong. Yeah. yeah. And if you yeah. don't, I'm certainly not going to tell you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> look. Oh no, everything's fine. <clears throat> what? Are you sure? How? Seem like no. I'm fine. Are 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 they? <laughs> Does this mean that they're not going to, like, bring in mediums to talk to dead people to tell dead people how to return the checks that was sent to them? Like, it's... Like, how do you... How do you tell... How do you notify ineligible recipients if they're dead? Well, I mean, obviously, those people's (laughs) heirs can cash, you know, any, like, transfer-around assets that used to belong to that person, whoever the... Only... Whoever the executor was. Only if... Oh yeah, only if they're the uh, estate is still, be you know still in escrow. Like as soon as everything's closed out, that's it. It doesn't matter if you get a check for even if you had been executor, if you get a check for them, you can't cash that. Huh. But where it gets even more stupid is that that amount of money, even though the check will never be cashed because it can't be, that amount of money will still be stricken from the books. Right. Well, it's all fucking only on the books to yeah. begin with. Because it's all imaginary anyway. It's all imaginary anyway. <laughs> so if they can just strike that money from the books, why don't they just fucking strike money back onto the books? Yeah. Well, but, but if you can if you can erase it, why can't you just write it back in? Yeah. And just, exactly. just take the pen. Here, let me help. Just just take the pen. Yeah, if it write. doesn't fucking exist anyways, <laughs> why don't you just fucking give yourself like two hundred trillion fucking dollars? Problem yeah. solved. Abracadabra. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> now it's it's back again. See yeah. How easy that was. And like it it doesn't even have to like cause inflation because you're just cooking your fucking books. None of that actually entered the market at any point. Yeah. So, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It never actually went anywhere, which means that it's it, it just it never started existing. So just yeah, put it, put you're it just back. taking imaginary bills out of your back pocket and sticking them in your shirt yeah. pocket. So yeah. who fucking cares? Like, they, like the, the, the IRS just look at the Fed Reserve and be like, hey, yeah, knock that one off the books, huh? Credit us. Yeah, that one. That's yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's all a magic trick anyway. Yeah. It's all fucking hocus pocus and smoke and mirrors. I love, I love the little image that they used, and it's the skull and two bundles of money. <laughs> oh, jeez. Skull and what, 50 grand? That looks like 50 grand. Are those three bundles on the right or two bundles on the right? Uh, who cares? Three on, each, yeah. three on each side. Yeah. Okay. So it's six grand. It'd be 60 grand then. It's, it's a couple yeah. of stacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. <sighs> And, you know, there's people out there getting all fucking worked up and stressed out and their blood pressure's going up over fiscal irresponsibility in the government. Dude, it's all imagination. And, like, that's, <laughs> None of that's it's even of real things. fucking money. <laughs> that's, that's one of the things that, like, I've actually, like, had arguments with people about regarding this is, is people are like, oh, it's our tax money, blah, 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 blah. No, they got $2.3 $2. from the Federal Reserve. Yeah. 
Like that's why the yeah. national debt went up three trillion dollars this year so far. Yeah, they they literally took out a fucking loan to do it with zero yeah. down and a shitload of fucking interest. <laughs> interest. God, that interest. It's, it's like the United States military, or you know, with the when you have infantry guys who buy you know, buy cars at insane interest rates with money that they don't have. And oh yeah, except the entire government that's runs like that way. E1, <laughs> E1 through E4, right? Like that's the group of guys we're yeah. talking about. And their like, first oh. duty station, buying that truck they always wanted with like 23% fucking yeah. interest. A Dodge Charger at 24% interest. <laughs> Sold, sir. <laughs> that's like the government. That is exactly the federal government's fucking spending habits. They're like a fucking E2 in the army that's never had any cash in his pocket before. USA but now is he has, offering now he has a loan with no yeah. payments for three months. Hey, I'll be deployed for six. Sweet. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and he has a job where like anybody will fucking loan to him because they know all they have to do is go to his command and they'll start garnishing his paychecks. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah the government. Says, uh, yeah. In the last the last paragraph, it says the full cost of CARES Act stimulus will be felt for years to come. The one-time infusion of cash has caused the expected budget deficit for 2022 to quadruple from about one trillion to nearly four trillion. Yeah, and at most, dear taxpayers, at most, your taxes are paying the interest on that fucking loan, and that's it. <laughs> like that's and it's not, and it's not even covering the interest. Right. Yeah. And it's not even covering the interest because it keeps going up. Yep. Like imagine, uh. imagine if you tried to run a business the way the United States government handles itself fiscally. Imagine if you were like, "Oh, I already owe a hundred million dollars, and but I really want this new piece of equipment that's fifty million dollars. So I'm just gonna go get another loan." Yeah. And you just yep. keep doing that. And yeah. just keep doing that. Like, there's going right. to be a point where you are going to have to close your doors, except because it's government, they don't. Or, <laughs> or instead of closing your own doors, you could do shit like what happened in 1913 and end up fucking controlling your own huge bank. And then the debt never really ends up fucking mattering because you're just jerking yourself off at that point. Yep. Yeah, that's so. it's exactly like I mean, if people are gonna if people are tearing down Woodrow Wilson statues, they should tear down the things that he helped create. Also, oh yes, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, hell yeah. It's, the well, Fed have... is fucking racist. Black Lives Matter. Go yeah. burn the shit down. Yeah, the destroy Fed is that. Racist. Yeah, where's yeah. where's anonymous on that one? Yeah, hacking the Fed Reserve. Yeah, it's all yep. about theater. It's not about well, anything there's like, real. Who was it that was just calling for the global reset of capitalism? Did you guys see that? Fucking, fucking Al yeah. Gore. Al yeah, Gore yeah, yeah. And, and all yeah. those other elitists, yes. Man, right. bear pig. Yeah. <laughs> super cereal, you guys. Super we need a federal, cereal. Super cereal. We need a global reset of capitalism, you guys. Super <laughs> cereal. Because it'll save the polar bears. It'll save the whole planet. Yeah. <laughs> I saw so like so like if we hacked into their database and wiped out all of our debts, right? And fat and like wiped out all of our tax information and all that shit, 
we're criminals. But if they just all get together and decide to wipe out all of their fucking debt and like reset everything so that they can escape the consequences of their irresponsible spending over the years, they're not criminals. They're fucking brilliant statesmen. Well, and that's that's actually one of those things, too, that that ties into what I'll be talking about on Tuesday with the the Weimar Republic. The reason that it saw the kind of economic implosion, because a lot of people are misled by school that the Nazis rose because of an economic depression in Germany, which isn't true. Germany, actually, at the, the beginning of the rise of the Nazis, was incredibly affluent. Um, Prosperous. Because they were they were uh, riding the same wave that the United States was with a lot of cheap money. And here's why. So at the end of World War One, the allied powers, you know, with the the um, the reparations, they have all these repara war reparations that Germany uh -huh. has to pay. Well, they Germany has to pay Britain and France primarily this money, but they obviously don't have it because their infrastructure imploded because, you know, they were at war for four years. Right. Uh, so they don't have the ability to make that money to then pay them. So then the United States goes, well, we're super prosperous and we'll totally loan you that money. And they go, sweet. So they loan the money. Except here's where things get even more complicated. So they're borrowing money from the United States to pay Britain and France. But Britain and France need that money. Be and the whole reason that they had the war reparations is because they had to take out loans to pay for their own war. And they took it out from the United States. Mm -hmm. So what's happening is the United States is loaning money to Germany, which is then paying Britain and France, who are then taking that money and using it to pay the U.S. So all it's this a perpetual actually, motion machine, right? It's so like all, one of those little things that you keep on your desk with a little ball suspended and you like hit one and the one on the other side and it just goes like that forever and ever and ever back yeah. and forth. Yeah. And it's and so what's happening is that this is going in this nice big cycle. And all that's essentially occurred is that the war debt has moved from Britain and France that's owed to the United States to Germany, which now owes the United States. Right. And that's it. That's all that's occurring is that they're transferring their debt from one place to the other. And America and, ended up just paying itself. Yeah. And America is paying itself <laughs> essentially for all of the, all of the things that, that it had supplied. And the reason that all of this is still working is because the American economy is continuously being built on speculation. It's being built on a guess that the great economy that the United States has in the late teens and early twenties is always going to be there. So you have all these people with paper fortunes where they're millionaires on paper, but they don't actually have any capital. None of this actually exists. So all that's happening happening is it's this endless magic trick where there's no actual capital being built up, but it looks like there is on paper and then one day all of the confidence drops out of the market. And because no one's confident anymore, no one invests anymore. Everyone's trying to sell all of the value of the American economy drops, which means the value of uh, the loans that Germany has been taking out has suddenly dropped, which means that the value of the economy of Britain and France has collapsed. And then the Dust Bowl happens, the Great Depression, because the stock market crashes and Yep, and everything yep. implodes on itself because none of it was ever built on anything real ever. 
Yeah. It was all a magic trick. It was all sleight of hand. There was nothing. And this all started happening around. Oh, what was that year, you guys, where all this <laughs> shit kind of started? Anybody just before got... just before World War One, I, I think. Yeah. Uh, Let's see, World War One officially started in like 1914. That feels like a coincidence. <laughs> Did something happen in 1913 that yeah. might have had something to do with it? Maybe during a lame duck session over the holidays. Um just Yeah. And it seems it seems to me like there is this guy who also pushed really hard to get the US in to world war one uh in like 1916 who might have been president at the time too in 1913 i can't name but they tore down one of his statues recently i think (laughs) yeah Uh, aren't they renaming a bridge that was named after him or I don't know, yeah. you guys. This all sounds uh, awfully familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody listening, you really should look this stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. <clears throat> Cough, Federal Reserve Act of 1913. <laughs> Cough. Well, and the funny thing is we saw the exact same thing happen in 2008 with the repeal of Glass-Steagall, which was instituted as a direct result of Black Tuesday. <laughs> And then it gets instituted that says that banks can no longer, because that's what was really happening, is that at its core, what started a lot of this was banks were taking money from people who were putting money in banks. And they were then, and also borrowing money against the outstanding, uh, like, mortgages and loans that they had. Right. And they were taking that and using it to invest in the stock market on their own behalf. Right. So they were gambling with borrowed money, which sounds like a great idea right up until your horse doesn't come in. Yeah. And now what do you if do? If we do it, we get our knees broken by a bookie in a back alley. Yeah. yeah. If the banks do it, they go, hey, federal government, we need help. And then banks go, okay, well, no one can pull their money out. We're going to devalue it because we're going to come off of the gold standard and the silver standard. And we're just going to go ahead and make all money imaginary. Mm-hmm. And then you just get yeah. completely bailed out of your situation. But that's why Glass-Steagall gets instituted is to keep them from doing that again and say, no, yeah. you're not allowed to do that. You can't you can't do this imaginary thing. And then Bill Clinton in the 90s is so in bed with Wall Street that he gets convinced by Wall Street. No, we promise we won't do anything stupid again. <laughs> but just yeah. go ahead and repeal that. Not that we're saying that we're going to do that, but if you could repeal that so we can start doing that again, that right. would be great. Yeah, and I'm then not going to move the football, Chuck. I'm not going to move it. Yeah, yeah. and then he Chick- does. <laughs> football this time. And that, that works really, really Lucy. well. Right up until, like Germany, we have the American housing market where it's all fake uh, debts. It's all fake money that's been spent on real things. And all of a sudden, all those debts come in. They can't be paid back. And everything implodes again. And the whole time since that repeal, there was all this subprime lending, of course, because it was super fucking easy for them to do it at the time. And so people were in houses they couldn't fucking afford. And, you know, and it became like a seller's market. So prices went up and up and up and up and up. And then, boom, it all fucking comes crashing down again. Yeah, and that that is exactly what happened 
it during the stock market crash that led to the Great Depression it was exactly the same thing. It was really cheap money. And you know what? And, I remember I remember when the housing bubble was building. We mm-hmm. were thinking about buying a house at that time just because we were finally out of the military. You know, we had another kid on the way. I was pregnant with Caleb. And, you know, we were tired of living in apartments. And, you know, you know what it's like. Living in military housing is like living in a mm. fucking apartment, right? So we yep. wanted our own home. But I tell you, just, just being home during the day and watching shit like flippers. You remember those? Yeah. Like the shows? Mm-hmm. Everybody and was seeing up. and and watching like how much fucking profit these people were making off of these flips. Something about that just made me hold back on wanting to buy a house. I was like, how is this shit sustainable? This is like way too fucking rapid. These profits people are making. And then, mm-hmm. yep. So we held off like six fucking months and the bubble burst. And that and was we- exactly... And we bought a house at the bottom, almost at the bottom of the market. And that's exactly what happened in Germany, too, is, it, again, Germany at the rise. The Part of what contributed to the rise of, of the Nazis was that it was in Germany was exactly the same thing as the Roaring Twenties in the U.S. It was an era of decadence and hedonism yep. and everybody spending Luxury tons of money. And, yeah. yeah, because it was... Because it was cheap money. You could borrow money for very, very cheap. So because it was such cheap money, mm-hmm. everybody what's had the, money. What's the Do you remember interest? the 80s were very much like that? Like the mm-hmm. like the um, the cutthroat fucking corporatism of the 80s where it was so 80s rampant. and 90s. Yeah. yeah, so rampant and so fucking in vogue and all of that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and you know, you have guys like... Uh, Belfour, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street that had, mm-hmm. you know, rose to power at that point and was at the height of his his notoriousness. <laughs> when, mm-hmm. Was all any of this legal? Absolutely not. Notoriety. <laughs> yep. And that's but I mean, you you saw the same thing leading up to the crash in 2008. And what's funny is up until the covid thing, we were starting to see it again. Mm hmm. And you know what, this, what, what kills me about all of this is this kind of shit, like the rampant corporatism, decadence and luxury, and like these obscenely wealthy people, you know, this is, this is the stuff that the left loves to fucking harp on as a result of like free markets and capitalism and, and unregulated whatever. No, 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 no. None of this is possible without a government magically creating, mm-hmm. you know, invisible fucking money out of thin air. Yeah, that is what fucking causes this. It's that and the, the international banking cartel. Mm-hmm. I mean, without them, you do not have these bubbles. You do not have the capacity for these things to occur. This because isn't... every unit of currency is backed by a real fucking asset somewhere. Without them, there's no way to back anything you're using as currency without something of equal value that it represents. Well, and that's exactly what what Jason and I were talking about just before you got on with, because I work in lending, where because of COVID and we own all of our own assets, mm-hmm. so we don't borrow any money to be able to lend money, we right. saw 40% drop in our receivables, which is enormous. Yes. And really painful. And so we wound up, we had to lay a bunch of people off. We had to start being closed extra days. We had to limit everybody's work hours. But you didn't lose any of your buildings. 
uh, not <coughs> any that we kept open. Um, we right. did close a few stores and stuff. But what else is really cool that that I have to say I'm very it, it really impressed me is our CEO has straight up said at the beginning of this, as long as everybody's not getting 100 percent of their normal paychecks, I'm not taking one. Well, that's he is good. not getting paid a single dime right now. And until we get back to 100 percent again, he's not going to get paid a single dime. He won't take it. So that's really impressive. That's leadership. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that's that's really cool. But that's the that's how you run a business when you actually care about your assets, when you're not just borrowing money to make up the difference. You have to make cuts like that. That's yeah. how actual businesses run. That is not how international banks work, and that's not how governments run. When they that's start not how corporations stress, run, because corporations run on the fucking imaginary money as well, in in a big way. They're very different. These big corporations are they're almost government entities. They're very different from regular fucking mm -hmm. market based businesses. Market based like businesses that don't run on this free fucking invisible money, they have to care about everything they can put to work for them and make them work for their business. Mm -hmm. They have to care about their human resources, their other like physical assets. They have to care about all of it. They have to care about their customers because all of those things have to be in a healthy condition for their business to do well. And you see a really big disparity in that because like we're not a corporation. There's at the very top of our tree, once you get all the way up through the subsidiaries and stuff to the top, um, it's Grupo something that owns us, but it's actually, it's named for the guy who owns the entire massive, massive multinational company. One guy owns it. He's like the richest guy in Central and South America. And he owns all of it and right. ultimately is at the top, which means there are no shareholders to answer to. There's no investment money coming in. This is all right. just, we own this stuff you right know? and with so, no and with no investment companies there's no fucking politicians with a vested interest in what this fucking company is doing because they're heavily invested in it you know like there's so much of that that goes on in the halls of congress and you know down the street at the lobbying headquarters that people don't fucking ever seem to give a shit about it, like it couldn't it couldn't be a more conducive environment for corruption if somebody had fucking deliberately planned it <laughs> to breed corruption. Like George R.R. R. Martin couldn't come up with a more corrupt way to run things. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. No it's shit. Just, it's, it's so bad. And it's everybody's. At least the Lannisters dealt in real gold. I yeah. mean, <laughs> like they physically moved gold from one place to another. But even in that, you saw where the crown was borrowing tons of money that it couldn't possibly pay back. From the Lannisters. Yeah, from the people who actually had gold. <laughs> which right. meant that at the end of the day, who controlled your government? Not your king. The Lannisters, the Lannisters. did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and essentially, yeah. status in the real world go, well, but we need to give we need to give the Baratheons more power because they're the Lannisters are getting too powerful. Right. Not Ignoring the fact that you admit that the Lannisters are powerful because they own the Baratheons, you're still going, but we need to make the Baratheons more powerful. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. 
And the one honest guy who went and tried to fix any of it got his head chopped off in the first season. Almost immediately. <laughs> Almost <laughs> immediately. He died. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how no. much George R. R. Martin really follows American politics. I mean, you got to think that he's... <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, and you look and then you go, and Littlefinger, the guy who's the most manipulative, conniving little bastard, yep. he's the real power constantly through everything. Yeah, behind almost every, yeah. Yep. <laughs> the yep. whole time. and it's, By yeah. hook or by crook. Yeah, I mean, yep. he's the guy who said one of my favorite quotes, the chaos isn't, isn't a, a chasm, chaos is a ladder. Yeah. It's yeah. oh god yeah that's I just I flashed Soros yeah George Soros chaos is a ladder that's like what in our in our comparison it's like Wall Street is that Wall Street yeah, well a Wall Street crash yeah that's essentially the what crash. it is the that's Wall what it is I mean crash yeah. is a ladder for the people who really want to seize power that are in the background it gives them the opportunity to do that. Yeah. And we're not talking about like, you know, politicians or lobbyists. We're talking about people like the Koch brothers and George Soros and, you know, the DuPonts and like these, these old money, the Rothschilds. These are the fucking people, <laughs> the people that basically own the central banks. These are yeah. the people using chaos as a ladder. Yeah. The Bilderberg group. Yeah. Like, I mean, <sighs> Black Lives Matter. I mean, chaos. Soros funded. Meat ladder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Fodder as fuck. This is why I spent all weekend in my bedroom watching stupid shit like the Dick Van Dyke show. <laughs> I was really mad. I wanted to, I wanted to I just... get Lindsay to watch Idiocracy because I'm like, it's basically turned into a documentary and you, you really got to see it. And yeah. I'd seen that it was on Netflix. Look for it. Wait, it's not... she's never seen Idiocracy? Nope. What has she been doing with her life? <laughs> <laughs> she had never even heard of it. What? Yeah. And I was like, oh, you got to watch it. And then it's not on Netflix. And I'm really ticked because I really wanted her to see it. Because if you haven't watched it, like the very first time you watch it, one, it's quotable as hell. Oh, uh, so fucking but, quotable. I got a solution. Uh, and it's really easy to remember the quotes, too, because they're all so fucking retarded. <laughs> yes. It's got electrolytes, which are what plants crave. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we got this guy not sure. <laughs> He's going to fix it all in one week. <laughs> everybody shits all emotional. <laughs> I know everybody shits getting all emotional up in here. The opening line of the speech. Shit is fucked up and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I love the way he enters, too. It's just fucking glorious. <laughs> and then, and then I, watch, I watch Trump come on stage and I go, oh, my God. Like it's only a it's Camacho. Off. Yeah, he's basically Camacho. Was his uh, what's his name? The something something Mountain Dew Camacho. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's but I mean that's it has <coughs> become, it has become a documentary. I really like wanted Wayne to Herbert Elizondo Mountain Dew Camacho or yeah. some shit like that. But it's <laughs> like, that's that is the world that we're currently living in. Is this weird intersection of idiocracy? 
1984, Fahrenheit 451, and Brave New World. Like yeah. those have all come together, and, <laughs> and they are the timeline that we're on. Goddamn, yeah. Sir Weasel. Yeah. Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho. Oh, I, I mixed two of them up. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just remembered the Mountain Dew was in there because I laughed. Really but no, hard. I've never I've never seen that movie before. But yeah. I remember the whole fucking name. <laughs> like I tried to explain, like, no, it's like it's a world. Oh, in the movies stupid. like the, the intersection of movies, you gotta throw in a little bit of ready player one too. There's a little bit of that in there too. Yeah. Yeah. It's. (laughs) And I'm I'm talking about like the IOI like work camps or whatever where they put people you know that owe them money into. That's what I'm talking about from. Yeah. Ready Player One. And that's yeah, and I mean that's it's this weird thing that we've found ourselves in. And what's sad is that those of us who recognize what it is, we all get looked at like we're nuts. Mm-hmm. We go, this is this is literally what this is, guys. The the yeah. it, how do you not see this? And everyone's and like, it, oh, you're just paranoid. You can, and we have been talking about this for years, three yep. plus, you can three even, and a half years on this fucking podcast. We've been talking about this exact same fucking shit. You can even yep. modernize it with like um um uh, 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 the, the, the girl with the bow and arrow. I, I lost my train of thought. Never mind. I, what? <laughs> Ignore me. Hunger Games? Right. Hunger, Hunger Games, Games, yes. Hunger Games, yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit of Hunger Games there, and and you see a lot of that. And, you know, the funny thing is you really do with, like, the capital. If you look at, like, New York City and um, Los Angeles, you can see a lot of parallels with the capital from Hunger Games, where everybody's yeah, got... Tons and tons of stuff, and they're just like completely oblivious. <laughs> you to guys, the I'm a little, I'm a little fucking baked, so I just had a thought pop into my head. It doesn't have anything to do with anything, but can somebody look on Pornhub and tell me if there's a, a movie called The Fucking Thirst Games? There's got to oh, be, God. right? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, there has to be a porn somewhere named The oh. Thirst Games. <laughs> If they can turn, if they can turn uh, Pokemon into a porn, I'm sure they've figured out a way for Hunger Games to also turn into. Yeah. I don't. I can already see the plot in my head. And, oh God! <laughs> hey, did you guys see that one post that was going around? It was screenshots of like Pornhub video previews or whatever, and it's like some like super polite British guy and the yeah, video pretty- producer uploading or like. <laughs> Are like I deliver a pizza to your house and we have a respectful interaction and I leave with a decent tip. And yeah, like, or the <laughs> the um, or like uh, we have a love we enjoy a lovely night out. I take you home and then leave. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or I walk in on my stepdaughter doing the dishes and I tell her thanks for doing a good job. You know, like shit like that. Like like setting up these porn scenarios and then being like super polite and respectful instead. on Amazon. There's a book <laughs> called pleasure cube. Let the thirst games begin. Oh, nice. oh God. A, a taboo paranormal erotic fantasy novella. Wait, hang on. I need to write that down. Can you send me a link? 
Telegram. Yeah, I will drop it in Telegram for you. Yes. So the first thing is, I actually, I do actually know somebody who writes like erotic novels that they they self publish Kindle editions of on Amazon, and some of the topics that they've gone with, and I'm like, what the? And they're like, oh, there's a market for oh. it. There's a yeah. market for all of it. There are people who are into this insane stuff. People and- will fucking fetishize literally anything like i There's... love reading romance novels but i go through some of the shit that's available on like kindle right <laughs> and i swear to god like any fucking thing that happened in the news anywhere these romance writers will make it a fucking dirty story and yeah. write it down and people will fucking it's completely it. it's completely like there's like there's one that they wrote that was it was like was it was like erotic an erotic novel about like vampires and werewolves who are also like wall street investors or something like it was just oh i think i read that one (laughs) this is what i put up with people these these are my family dude i'm telling you there are Tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of romance novels about vampires and werewolves. There's, there's still no 9-11 porn, so I'm not impressed. (laughs) And the thing is, is that these, these fucking paranormal romance, like vampires, werewolves and shit, this shit was around way before Twilight. Twilight was like, was like a fucking sad attempt to break into that fucking genre. Oh yeah. Um, Did you ever read the, the last vampire series? Is the that was it was like a young adult novel series that was like super erotic and like not young adult at all. It was just adult adult through right. the whole thing. And like I read those in middle school. Uh, and, oh yeah, I read like, a lot of weird shit in middle school. Yeah, and like they were already a couple of years old by the time I read them. So this stuff's been around a really long time. Anne Rice forgot. Anne Rice, yeah. Oh, her <laughs> shit is erotic as fuck. It's just not like super blatant but there's so well, much like very homoerotic too yeah yeah <laughs> like i can't remember one of my friends <clears throat> in middle school actually about it like, i don't really like ann rice because she has straight dudes touching each other an awful lot and uh and she puts some weird shit in every once in a while like i was reading them knock the devil and there were a couple of like plot points where i was just like jesus what kind of mind comes up with this shit <laughs> and that's that's the one that came out right after interview the movie came out um because right. in the opening of the home video on vhs of that i remember her mentioning that she had just finished memnock the devil yeah. and then it might be the last one that she writes with lestat at all and she wasn't right. sure and but. that was such a weird one. It was like centered around like the Shroud of Turin and stuff. It was really, really <laughs> fucking odd. Well, I guess you know what uh, Brown read before he decided to sit down and write the Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Uh, and... <laughs> Which is his yeah. most famous book, but honestly, it's not his best book. Digital Fortress was his best book. I but... thought most of his books are kind of lame. I don't really like his writing style. Like he makes so much crap up and it's like, but historically that's totally wrong and you're getting dates wrong and you're inventing people and disregarding well, Andrew and... you have to read digital fortress <laughs> you have to uh, it's still brown and I just can't yeah alright fine uh, fucking weirdos my <laughs> god 
Are you calling us weirdos? <laughs> weirdos all reading and things, like some sort of psychopaths. Yeah. To be, to be fair, the character in The Last Vampire, Hope Alyssa. Mm-hmm. My daughter is named Hope Alyssa. <laughs> her mother when we found out we were having twins and one of them was a girl her mom said she will be named Hope Alyssa and I said ah and Jennifer said no <laughs> oh the last vampire I do remember the last vampire that was my, my young self's introduction to like erotic fiction and yeah. it was, was those books i'm not proud of it but it happened yeah <laughs> so mine was just old like you know paperback romance novels that were sitting around the house like just I, I really read, i read westerns yeah danielle Steele and shit like that you know see i just read mostly nonfiction. to this day i read mostly nonfiction, watch mostly nonfiction, and i don't really bother with a whole lot of fiction very often so i mostly read fiction yeah because you know what the real world world fucking sucks i mean well, reading I, is my escape i want to get away from it why would i like dive back <laughs> into it I, I read mostly dystopian dystopian fantasy i bet that does <laughs> wonders for your fucking mental state oh yeah <laughs> it's yeah all right let's get on to something that's not going to be made into a romance novel Prison guards who lock Nick and inmate in cell. You said prison guards. There's there are romance novels about prison guards. We're already there. Yeah, we're already there. This it okay. Prison guards who locked a naked inmate in cell filled with massive amounts of feces. All right, stop. Well, except for the feces thing, naked inmate in a cell, prison guard. Yep, there's a romance novel for it. I don't kink shame people, Jessica. Prison guards who locked naked inmate in cell filled with massive amounts of feces got qualified immunity. Fuck. Just. A group of prison guards who forced an inmate to live in two cells infested with human feces and raw sewage for a total of six days are protected by qualified immunity and cannot be sued over the incident a federal court ruled. Didn't the guy die? (sighs) No, not to my knowledge. Oh, okay. All right, I'm uh, mixing the, headlines in my head. Yeah, right. though the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit acknowledged that the squalid conditions in which he was kept violated Trent Taylor's Eighth Amendment right to not suffer cruel and unusual punishment. The panel, the panel afforded the defendants protection from civil liability because no similar situation has been ruled unconstitutional under previous case law. Oh, yeah, what? because case law is more important than what the law actually fucking says. And they, they, but they won't set the precedent. Yeah. This I don't again? know how courts ever fucking get away with declining to set a fucking precedent. That's yeah. literally your fucking job is to interpret the law. Holy shit. What do you mean you don't want to set a fucking precedent? That's your well, entire is, fucking job. Yeah, and this is a really recent thing with courts. I mean, it really is this trend to not want to set precedents because up until recently, like courts were like, okay, well, we're setting a precedent, which means we need to take this really seriously and really weigh, you know, the pros and cons and everything else and make sure that our opinion is super specific if it needs to be so that it doesn't get misapplied in the future. And they just did that. Right. And that was how it worked. And now suddenly these courts are just constantly going, 
well, there's no precedent, and I'd just rather not set one, so not it. Yeah, well, I'm kicking the can down the road. Yeah. yeah, on September 6, 2013, Taylor said he was forced into a cell with, quote, massive amounts of feces <coughs> across the floor, windows, walls, and ceiling. It gave off a strong fecal odor. Taylor and a claims- court declined to, to draw a line that this was not acceptable. No, the court, court the court admitted that it violated his Eighth Amendment, yeah. but said that they can't be sued. Yeah, but said that they can't be held liable because there's no case law. Right. So Taylor claims he could not drink the water because feces was packed inside the faucet, and he did not eat over worries that the food might be contaminated. Taylor alleges that Cortez, Davidson, and Hunter, those are the guards, laughed at him when he expressed his concerns. That one guard told him he was quote going to have a long weekend. Taylor says that Swanee similarly struggled off his complaints, telling him, quote, dude, this is Montford. There is shit in all these cells from years of psych patients. Taylor stayed in the cell until September 10th. So that's four days in that cell. On September 11th, Taylor was transferred to an empty seclusion cell with a clogged drain overflowing with raw sewage. Lacking a toilet, he was told to urinate on the floor. But because the drain stopped up and because he lacked a bed, he would then be forced to sleep in his own urine. Taylor refused and proceeded to urinate on himself involuntary after 24 hours had passed. He stayed in the cell until September 13th, after which times the guards took him to escort him back to the feces in the feces inundated cell. He begged for a different placement and the guards obliged. This is... So circuit circuit one, judge Jerry E. Smith writes in his opinion that Taylor's, key, Taylor's case meets the threshold for an Eighth Amendment violation. He cites two previous court precedents but will that affirm a prisoner uh, not to be subjected to uh, erroneously unsanitary living conditions. Uh, the judge writes further supports Taylor's claim that the guards acted with a deliberate indifference, which Smith notes is, quote, no small hurdle. This is this is the kind of thing that people get executed for after okay, hold the on, hold fall on, hold of on. regimes. Yes, that is absolutely like if if prison if if like war prisoners were kept like this, mm-hmm. it's it's a war it's a war crime. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, uh, Smith, that's the the judge. Uh, goes on to say Smith transitions and explaining why the guards deserve protection with civil liability. Quote, quote, the law wasn't clearly established. Taylor, Taylor stayed in his extreme dirty cells for only six days. Though the law was clear that the prisoner couldn't be housed in that cells, teeming with human waste for months on end, we haven't previously held that a time period so short violated the Constitution. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh my God! So you can violate the Geneva Convention without violating the U.S. As long as it's only for a short amount of time. Yeah, we only tortured him very briefly. Right. The judge. The judge. Like in one paragraph up, the judge said, "Yes, this violates the eighth. In the next paragraph, he says, "We haven't previously held that a time period so short violated the Constitution." How long Jesus. does it take to have violated a thing that says don't do this? I'm yeah. pretty sure the moment that you do that, you have in fact violated it. Yeah. <laughs> I... 
that's like saying, okay, well, yeah, I murdered him, but the paramedics were able to bring him right back. So he wasn't dead that long. Well, I murdered him, but I only spent 30 minutes doing it. Yeah, so it, it's not like that actually counts. Yeah. Well, it was a, it was a quick it was a quick death. It's not murder. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I robbed those people, but I brought the money back after only four hours, so. Right. Yeah. Uh, the law wasn't clearly established. Taters stayed in the extremely dirty cells for only six days. The law wasn't clearly established, and they refused to establish it. Yeah. And, I mean, think about that. So, imagine, imagine the average person, like, imagine this judge, if you took him and put him in that cell. I guarantee you he would go, okay, this is wrong immediately. Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't go, well, well, I've only been in here a week. Yeah. He wouldn't even go, well, I've only been in here five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Immediately when you put him in, he would say, no, this is wrong. Yeah. Like in, in the same piece of writing, he says, yes, this violates the Eighth Amendment. And then says... <laughs> That there's no time period to establish. This is that. So he is, contradicts himself within his own fucking statement. Speaking yes. of us living in 1984, that is Orwellian doublespeak. Yeah, that's what oh, it definitely. is. Definitely. That's doublespeak. You're simultaneously saying that it's wrong, but then saying, "But I mean, it's not that wrong because it was only for a little bit." Kevin calls it talking out both sides of his mouth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, and it's it, because it, his it's, head's up his ass, so yeah, he yeah. is talking out both sides of his mouth. And it's Ooh. it just it boggles my mind. It absolutely boggles my mind that you could say you put this guy in two cells, not one, two, two, one, one covered in feces. The guy couldn't eat or drink anything, and then another cell with a clogged drain, yeah. so that if he took a piss, he'd have to sleep in his piss. So he held it as long as he could and ended up pissing himself. Yeah. And somehow this doesn't fall under torture. Yeah. Just blatant torture. If if an Iraqi insurgent did this exact same thing to an American prisoner of war, we would hunt him down and summarily execute him with a drone strike. Yeah. Yep. Or take him take him to Gitmo and proceed to torture him for years. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty but sure Americans that... can't even sue when it happens yeah. to them on American soil. I'm exactly. pretty, I'm pretty sure the SOP for Gitmo wouldn't allow this. It no, wouldn't either. It would Gitmo has more oversight because it has oversight from the international community because prisoners of war mm -hmm. kept there. Yeah. So yeah, I this mean, would it's... be a scandal of epic proportions if it happened at the hands of our military in another country. Well, there was the uh, the um, Abu Ghraib. Abu Ghraib. Abu Ghraib. Abu Ghraib. Yeah. yeah. And that that up. was that was that was pretty bad. Yeah, like, that was pretty bad. Yeah. But even that was. Oh, and it pales in comparison to this, really, because what and essentially no, Abu Ghraib was like humiliation. Yeah, yeah essentially punished too. By the way. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, they oh, all yeah. they uh, from what I understand, at least two of them went to uh, Leavenworth. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the which is a prison which has such deep, dark corners that if you get tossed in there, yeah. everyone forgets that you ever existed. Yeah. And there uh, were dishonorable discharges for like all of them. And yeah, yeah. And all they basically did is strip dudes down and then pose with them for photos. Yeah. And that's what they got for that. They didn't yeah. even truly 
put their health at risk. Right. And yet these cops did exactly that and can't even be sued. Yep. Because they have qualified immunity. I I still love my freaking meme that I made with it. I have qualified immunity. It's just been revoked. (laughs) Because every time I hear it, that's all I can think of is it's just been revoked. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Doing it. Yeah, just, just, and all of this is just to say that there's a fucking double standard for law for like the justice system workers from LEOs to prison guards and all of those, you know, judges and fucking attorneys and prosecutors and shit. There's a double standard in this the, country. Yeah, they the are in the fucking gang and you are not. Oh yeah. And yeah. if the American military, I mean, if you look at a lot of the things that have been going on even lately with the protests and the response to them and things, those are violations of the Geneva convention, like plain and simple. Mm -hmm. They are. If you were a member of the American military on foreign soil and there was a protest against you and you responded by cracking the skulls of old men, firing tear gas into the crowds at all because it's poison gas Um, if you, uh, fired rubber bullets at children and mace children and the elderly, and you did these things, right. You would be found guilty by a war crimes tribunal for having Mm -hmm. done things that violated the Geneva and the Hague conventions. And what would happen to you if you subdued an enemy combatant and they were, um, immobilized and you fucking kneeled on their throat for nine minutes on the hot fucking pavement and they died. What well, would happen to you? You'd go straight to prison. Yep. You would go to Leavenworth immediately. Yep. And the only yep. reason you wouldn't be held liable by an international court, fun fact for people that don't know, American military cannot be held liable by the UN war crimes tribunal. Well, of course not, because they're the military arm of the U.N. <laughs> well, and it's because the United States is the only permanent member of the U.N. Security Council that refused to sign on to that treaty. Be, and in fact, threatened to kick the U.N. out of New York and mm-hmm. threatened to leave the United Nations if the United Nations pushed and forced them to allow American military to be subject to international war crimes law. Right. Right. Yep. yep. I mean, Tell the, me that that's the, not a, the ICC, fine. the ICC comes out all the time about U.S. war crimes, mm-hmm. and the and the U.S. media goes, eh. Right. Right. Well, it's funny. It's funny that we brought up war crimes. I don't. I mean, that was a nice transition. Thank you very much. But mm-hmm. uh, Julia Assange's indictment does not mention the WikiLeaks video. Of course it does. Oh, collateral murder. Yeah. Just, collateral just murder. Over yeah. That one. yeah, it absolutely does not bring up collateral murder. Huh. Uh, what an interesting coincidence. Yeah, it says uh, U.S. prosecutors have failed to include one of the WikiLeaks most shocking video rele- revelations in the indictment against Julian Assange, a move that has brought accusations that the U.S. doesn't want its war crimes exposed in public. Because then it would become a matter of public record. 
Yep. Yes. Uh, Assange, blah, blah, blah. U.S. tries to extradite him to face 18 charges, 17 under its uh, Espionage Act, for conspiracy to receive, obtain, and disclose classified information. Which, let's make it clear, this whole thing is exactly why Julian Assange is fucking targeted by them. This is, mm-hmm. this is exactly why. Yeah. It's um, not because he put anybody at risk. It's because he fucking risked exposing their fucking yeah. bullshit. He went, Assange went out of his way to not put anybody at risk. He went through documents and redacted names to mm-hmm. be sure that even though he disagreed with what these covert ops guys were doing, they were yeah. not exposed and put at risk. He wanted right. their deeds exposed, but he didn't want to hurt anyone, even the people that he felt were doing evil. He didn't want to expose no. them. No, he didn't. He didn't want them exposed. He wanted the world to see what was happening. He wanted their masters exposed. Yeah. So the the charges uh, relate largely to the U.S. conduct of wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, including Assange's publications of the U.S. rules of engagement in Iraq. The prosecution case alleges Assange risked American lives by releasing hundreds of thousands of U.S. intelligence documents. One of the most famous of the WikiLeaks release was a video filmed uh, from a U.S. Apache helicopter, Crazy Horse 1-8, as it mowed down 11 people on the 12th of July, 2007 in Iraq. The video starkly highlights the lax rules of engagement that allowed the killing of men who were neither neither engaged nor threatening U.S. forces. Um, Two of the Crazy Horse 1-8 killed in East Baghdad that day were Reuters photographers, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, (coughs) Baghdad bureau chief at at the time, Dean Yates, said the U.S. military had repeatedly lied to him and the world about what happened, and it was only when Assange released the video uh, in April 2010 that the full, brutal truth of the killings were exposed. And you know, the sad thing is about that video is that when it came out, I didn't see anything wrong with it. I didn't, plain and simple. You were were a part of the machine at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't see anything wrong with it. And I was completely on the government side when it came out that said, well, but you don't understand what war is. You don't understand where a group of military aged armed men in a combat zone is perceived immediately as a threat. You just don't get it. And that was my attitude. And I didn't even pay attention to what the video was actually showing when I saw it. I was like, eh, whatever. I mean, that shit happens and you civilians just don't get it. Once I learned exactly the circumstances behind the video, though, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, you boys fucked up. Yep. Oh, no. Oh. And, and like, we could even, I don't know, kind of wrap something else up into this. Is like, if they're, if they're not willing to indict Assange for this video, why, is che- why was Chelsea Manning thrown in prison for so long? Yeah, for exactly. Refusing, for refusing to help. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's exactly it is they wanted to punish the people involved for it having been leaked. Yeah. But they don't want it to be public record because then they're going to have to account for what its content is. Right. Right. Which they'll which they'll never do. They'll never there's no zero accountability when it comes to the federal government. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And in like lower levels of court and like criminal cases against us citizens, like the regular courts and things like that, there's standards that don't get applied higher up. Like um, if you guys ever watch the Innocence Files on, I think, Netflix, mm-hmm. um, it's it's crazy the shit that prosecutors fucking withhold. But technically, that's against the law. They're <laughs> not allowed. Hashtag Camilla Harris. Right, they are not allowed to withhold exonerating evidence by law. They do it all the fucking time anyways. Mm-hmm. But there's laws governing that, but once you get up to the highest levels of government, they get to withhold all the fucking exonerating evidence they want because it's they can just slap a fucking security. it's a mat yeah, they can just slap a top secret sticker on it and do whatever the fuck they want. It's like in uh from Paris with Love. <laughs> Where he takes his fucking diplomatic stickers to the goddamn (laughs) airport and just slaps them on the guy's bag. Uh They can can take it to the FISA court. And not not only do you not get to see the results, you don't get to know who talked before it, what the ruling was, what the evidence was, any of it. Yeah. And that is is a legal court in the United States. Yeah. Zero accountability. Zero transparency. These are, these are the people that ruled the Patriot Act constitutional. Right. Oh, yeah. And it's and it's such a weird contrast that's that's developed here, because not that long ago, if you if you're a Tom Clancy fan, if you used to read Tom Clancy, part of the reason, like if you read Rainbow Six, the original novel, oh. Rainbow Six, that the whole reason that they base their operations, remember, in the UK is, is, is because the UK doesn't have freedom of the press, so the government can force them to not print stuff about yeah. the operations that Rainbow Six is doing. Right. So, um, but now, um, modern US, you, you don't even have to base it in the UK anymore. You can base it here. Yeah, because the same people that own the media own the fucking government. They have all the fucking legislators in their pockets in one way or another. Hashtag Bilderberg. And the government is their most lucrative business. Oh, absolutely. Without the government, uh, these large corporations and and the the mass mainstream media, they don't exist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The government is is their most lucrative subsidiary is what Mm -hmm. I should have said. Right. Yeah. I mean, so what is the, they're the, not going to let their other subsidiary, the media, <laughs> expose their it, fucking the, most lucrative subsidiary. The CIA has has a a branch of their office in Hollywood that that deals with Hollywood movies and and, oh, and yeah. entertainment. Oh, um, they yeah. they work with them constantly. The um the we had to take a uh, a scriptwriter around from Hollywood. To show them stuff um, yeah. and run security for them and run interference for them. Um, yeah. And that so like, yeah, that totally happens. You see that now with this, with vape versus big tobacco, where the government is waging a massive war on vaping and making yeah. shit up constantly and <laughs> trying to just, because of how powerful the tobacco lobby right, is. Because what's happened is that with people switching to vaping, because vaping is, doesn't get taxed and that tax money doesn't go to the States because remember that big settlement back in the nineties with tobacco, all of that revenue is being lost. So now the government is more than happy to help big tobacco to go after vaping because that will push everybody back to smoking and they'll get all that sweet, sweet tobacco revenue. Right. But at the same time, the government 
is always encouraging people to quit smoking in their fucking propaganda campaigns, you know, and like the public health service campaigns and shit like that. So, Mm -hmm. again, they're fucking talking out both ends of their mouth. Yep. So, yep. Don't do this, but we do want you to do this because we need the money. Right. Yeah. And (laughs) we know that, you know, the more we tell you to do it, the less you're going to listen to us. Yeah. We're going to desensitize you to the message. Yeah. Quote uh, quote from Dean Yates. He says, uh, quote, what he did was 100% an act of truth telling, exposing the world, exposing to the world uh, what the war in Iraq looks like and how the U.S. military lied. The U.S. knows how embarrassing collateral murder is, how shameful it is to the military. They know that there's potential war crimes on that tape. So it's a journalist being persecuted for engaging in journalism. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I know. After yeah, I know. journalism I just to sum about, that up for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Journalism about the United States military killing journalists. Journalists. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's. But I mean, that's the thing. And that is the thing that horrifies me the most is like, because I remember being that guy. <laughs> I remember being one of those dudes, you know, I was a true believer. So like, I remember watching collateral murder and being like, eh, it's war. It, it happens, right? Like you target Ooh. things that weren't actually to oops. And, you know, and you, you listen to the radio conversation. You go, well, he was cleared to fire. He was weapons free. You can't blame him yeah, because of the, the checked. La- because of the lax ROE. Yeah. He right. he even double checked and he said, okay, are they legit targets? And he got a yes. So he fired. Mm-hmm. And then when that van, that family pulls up to help them and they fire through the windshield, well, they're clearly insurgents because they're responding to help insurgents. Right. And you buy that crap. Yeah. And like old me disgusts the hell out of me now. Uh-huh. Like, oh my yeah. God. You oh, I'm disgusting. familiar with that feeling. Yeah. Oh, like how? How did I believe that crap? How did I buy that and buy right. those lines? Well, it's it's war, so you know things happen in war, and it's just it's just the way it is. And now I look at it and I go, but they weren't a threat at all to anyone whatsoever and you had no reason to believe that they were and then you shot at them anyway Hmm. like no that's murder that just simply is murder the reason it's called collateral murder is because it's collateral damage that's how it's viewed by the united states military well that's unfortunate but it happens because it's war so what are we going to name this episode something like like war crimes and busting rhymes (laughs) (laughs) I just asked because we got like a few minutes left and then it's 11. Yeah, it's getting late. Um, I just want to bring up up one more. Like I I have like three more articles. I'm going to bring this one up because. All right. uh, Minneapolis council members who voted to abolish cops get private security. (laughs) Yeah. There's that elitism we're talking about again. Yeah. Oh, wow. on the tax on the taxpayer dime. By the of way. course. Yeah. If, if it yeah. was on theirs, I wouldn't have as much of a problem with it. Yeah. But... Th- three members of the Minneapolis City Council who voted to eliminate the local police force are being protected by a pers- by a private security detail that costs taxpayers forty five hundred dollars a day. And who is this private security detail hiring? 
at this like surge in business. All former the cops, military, all the police. cops who are getting laid off, maybe. Yeah. That, the, so yeah. essentially, the police have just shifted into being private armies for the fucking councilmen. Except they're not even private armies because they're publicly funded and serving public officials. They just yeah, changed well, names. But, but their security <laughs> details for those fucking... Yeah, so now it looks like, you know, it looks like security paid well, for by taxpayers, it, but really... They're fucking private armies. Yeah. Um, news of the arrangement broke Friday, the same day the council voted 12 to zero to abolish the Minneapolis police department in the wake of the George, uh, wake of the killing of George Floyd quote. My concern is the large number of white nationalists in our city and other threatening communications I've been receiving. That is council member Andrea Jenkins, uh, adding that she had been asking for private security ever since she took office in 2018. Hold on. The city spent $63,000 on rent-a-cops for Jenkins and fellow council members during the last three weeks when, uh, after the three said they received threats. But, it, but an MPD spokesman said that no complaints uh, of threats against them had been filed. All, th <laughs> all three have pushed the movement to scrap the city police in favor of a, quote, peace officers and a, quote, holistic public health-oriented approach to law enforcement. Now, on the surface, that sounds great. It's fucking you know? word salad, though. But it totally oh, is word salad. It's a freaking <laughs> yeah. salad dressing for the Orwellian word salad. Orwellian but... doublespeak again. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? And if you ask them, and because they've been pushed, they've been pressed on that, they don't actually have an answer. Yeah. They yeah. they turn into they turn into Donald Trump with his. It's going to be great. It's going to be fan. It's going to be so wonderful. It's now, going to be if the they would just call us and ask us, we could give them a fucking answer. Yeah, <laughs> but nobody wants to listen to us. I have a great solution for community yeah. policing. Yeah, uh, it's actually just a couple of sentences. Actually, the something about. You know, well-regulated militia and security uh -huh. and free armed, people and things. Armed society right. is a polite society? Yep, yeah, exactly. That's why I said at the beginning of this talk of defunding police departments, I kept saying the first thing they need to do is repeal all fucking gun control laws in their precincts and localities. Which they that never will. The, they never will, No. But that is the one thing that could make all of this no, it's work the, and work it's, properly. It's hilarious. Like the the L.A. Times put out an put out an uh, an op ed piece from their editorials. I put out an op ed piece the other day, complaining about the new the number of new gun owners. <laughs> this is also <sighs> while they're talking about defunding the police, and the riots and. Yeah. All this and yeah, we have too many guns. That's that's the reason all this is happening is because there's too many guns. Yeah. I've what I want to know is what's going to happen to all the police gear. Like the departments get defunded. There's nobody there working. What happens to all their fucking gear? I think I think we should homestead it first come first serve. Yeah, I think it needs. I to think be so liberated. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that needs to be liberated by the people who. Listen up to me. I'm like. Fuck all the rest of that. Where can I get some body? Armor? Yeah, where do I get? Where do I get? 
Well, first of all, I don't want cop level body armor because it's garbage. Oh, but, right. Well, okay. Well, where can I get a fucking MRAP? <laughs> yeah, the MRAPs. They're they, they have M203s. I would like a couple of M203s. I could put those to good use. Couple yeah. of M- couple of M4s. A Bearcat. Yeah. 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 Some, some useful. Some riot shields. I'm good. Yeah. Hey, we yeah. paid for that shit. We're entitled to take it back. I'm all for that. Like I, I am for the the communal redistribution of that particular wealth. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm all for that. That's like, not redistribution. That's re-redistribution. Yeah. <laughs> if it was stolen in the first place, is it technically is that, we're just recovering stolen property? Yeah, is exactly. that is that is that socializing the socialization? Yeah. <laughs> we're going to re-socialize the socialization. We're fucking homesteading. <laughs> your commune. That's Sorry, one of my. That's one of my favorite. Commune. That's one of my favorite terms in in reference to government government quote, government property. Homesteading. Homesteading. It. Homesteading. Homesteading. Yeah. 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 It's it's like I said, squatters' rights. Like just show up, bust into the armory. What the hell are yeah. you doing, squatters' rights, bro? I'm gonna squat <laughs> in the fucking police station itself. Once I Let's squat that, everything in it belongs to me. Oh, see, that would be beautiful. The, lo- just the local, the local Nat G has a hole cut in the fence. I'm I was just, gonna say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, my local National Guard armory sucks, man. It's like all engineers. Like it's lame. Yeah. It's they don't they don't have. Well, I live eight miles from a weapons testing laboratory, a U.S. Navy weapons testing. Laboratory. Oh, see that rail gun. That is rail gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're testing fucking lasers over there and shit. <laughs> you guys Hell have yeah. Guns. Can I get like three of those? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine a pole <coughs> with a badass railgun. <laughs> I just pull up. Oh, you done fucked up now. Walk, walk out of there. Walk out of there with a couple railguns and some FRAS armor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like yeah. You might, you might, <laughs> what is what's the FRAS armor? What's it like sixteen thousand or something? Like, or it is ridiculously expensive. Yeah. It is yeah. I like I've looked at some of the higher end stuff because it is better. I mean, it oh, is. oh, it is fantastically I'll, better. I'll I'll never disparage. Unlike a lot of people who like to lately, it's become this trend to disparage level three, not three A because three A is garbage, but three. Um, and there's been this trend to disparage it because of a few YouTube videos that came out of people using garbage armor and like, I mean, they're garbage plates, like they're clearly not hardened correctly. They don't have the anti-spall coating properly. They, there's no trauma pads behind them. There's just. It's 11 being... o'clock. Save it for Weapons Wednesdays. <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I'm seeing that this new stuff that's coming out. Some of this stuff is incredible. And it's super amazing, and it is better. But Jesus Christ, that's as much as a new car. <laughs> oh my God! What's the 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 four tube nods? What are they like? Thirty five thousand dollars or something like that? And all these boot boys are like, oh, I'm gonna run. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not. Not unless those, that's a those, pickup, buddy. Those <laughs> nods cost more than your entire life. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> so that is why you homestead. The armories yeah. and the police, because then you can just yeah. acquire this. Stuff. What, you, what you do? What you do is you, you got it. You got to hook up with the rich guys that don't train. 
Right. You know? Hashtag just, loot boxes. Yeah. yeah, just hang behind them and wait for the loot drop. Yeah. The rich guys that the rich guys that just want to be part of it because it makes them feel cool, right? So you like adopt them as a little mascot and let them buy all your gear. Yeah. yeah. Everly stock pack. Yeah. Everly stock packs and Ricky seven ARs. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's everybody's running around with like high end Israeli crap and <laughs> FNX forty five. Right. Come on, man! Some, don't you follow site, Scott? Yeah. Don't you want your your boo unit to be the best outfitted? I mean, come on! Like, uh, you know, you're gonna be part of this. You don't want to be the guy who's the part of the the poor unit. So, help a brother out, <laughs> right? <laughs> Right. Yep. And then those rich guys end up as fucking warlords in the post-apocalyptic America because they were the ones paying for the army, so it's their fucking army now. Well, I mean, if they Yay. pay, yeah, if they can keep <laughs> paying, yeah, if as long as they can continue paying. to pay. The moment you don't pay me, we're going to we're going to have a problem. Well, I don't know. There's always the postman scenario. You know, the guy has like movies and a movie projector. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, I really the laws, want to run, laws but, of eight. Yeah. yeah. But he's got a challenge for leadership of the clan. <laughs> what you kill. Come on. Let's start set up a ring, couple of knives. Let's do this. We watch way too much dystopian and post-apocalyptic <laughs> bullshit. You guys. That's what we should do. That's what we should do. Like the, the, the state domes. We should turn the state domes into thunder domes. Yeah. And let, and let, poli- <laughs> let politicians just battle out. Get yeah. out. Like the fucking uh, Horizon Center and shit. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Century Link <laughs> It's Monday Night Rehabilitation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Is it, yeah. Thursday? Is, it, is it Thursday Night Rehabilitation? <laughs> Thursday Night Rehabilitation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wood the dildozer, yeah. yes. blaster. Yeah. Wood chipper, when wood, wood chipper Wednesdays. Wood chipper Wednesday. <laughs> I would fucking pay to see that. Oh, the politician oh. like it's a thin little platform, and they have the 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 punji sticks, and it's just the the like giant funnel for a wood chipper underneath them. <laughs> I always said political disputes should be handled. Like fucking Thunderdome. The politicians who have beef with each other. Two men enter, one man leaves. Don't fucking involve the rest of us in this shit. Make us fight for you. Fucking work it out yourselves like men. Yeah. Christ. I mean, there used to be a time in American politics where that happened occasionally. Where like Not just w- American politics. There used to be a time in global politics. Oh, yeah. Well, there still happened. is in some countries. It was just what? Like yeah. a few months ago, there was like Ukraine or something where like that <laughs> full on like fist fight broke out. Fist fight, yeah. That was amazing. Like it was a bench clearing fight. Like both sides. Ah! And I'm like, yeah. What are those? There's there's <laughs> always like those videos from like parliaments in where is it like the Philippines or or somewhere like that where they're all fucking constantly oh, getting Thailand. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they're always fucking beating each other up. You know how much the better the ratings on C-SPAN would be if that happened constantly? Like all these <laughs> battles. Put it on paper. Put it on pay-per-view. That's how we're finding the National Endowment for the Arts. That's we're right. Doing... Yep. <laughs> yep. 
somebody's just using Nancy Pelosi as a bat. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. She's too that brittle. Would just... She wouldn't make a good bat. She's too brittle. AOC might. AOC yeah. would be a good bat. She's kneeling in the corner crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm just thinking like it's too bad Ted Kennedy's gone because man, I would love to have watched him try to get into a fight. <laughs> One minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see like Scalia toss fucking Ruth Bader Ginsburg into a wood chipper. <laughs> <laughs> see Rand Paul and Lindsey Graham go toe to toe. We we know we know Rand could take a punch, so yeah, right. I, I Rand would beat the living crap. <laughs> and they just they would have like like ten minutes dedicated to Gary Johnson just fucking fighting himself, punching himself <laughs> in the face. <laughs> Now we go over to Johnson. Okay, enough of Johnson. Back. Ow! Ow! No, you bake the cake. No, you bake the cake. No, you bake the cake. Oh, shit, that's fun. I gotta go, though, you guys. Where's the lipo? <laughs> All right. On that note... I have War no, crimes and busting rhymes. I have I have no good outro. Just <laughs> homestead. Sure. Lo- I was yeah, fucking homestead. laughing. <laughs> Make sure you check out my uh, Facebook page, Inked Anarchist Hootenanny Roundup, because link will, link will be awesome. in the description. And buy buy Derek's book. Link is yes. also in the description. Yes. yes. And if you have a beard and would like amazing beard care products, I'm also sponsored by the beard struggle. You can use the code inked anarchist 15 all run together for 15% off of really awesome beard care stuff. It smells amazing. And it's oh, like, and yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you were done. Go ahead. Oh no, no, that's that. That was literally the end of the whole thing. And I was going to say, if, if you, you know, want more information, on anarchy um another good source is is a uh, a monthly magazine coming out now called sword anarchy you can look them up on facebook yes, yes. um jackie kerouac yeah she's putting out great stuff um dharma so, hire for people not on facebook yeah right um so i probably actually will visit with her and rachel nielsen in um this summer when i drive across the country <laughs> i'm planning to stop with them for one night <laughs> um so that'll be fun but do check out the magazine because they're they're putting out great stuff and yeah, she's working very uh, hard on it that's um, on on facebook that's road to anarchy i'll throw the link to that one in the description also yeah so yeah. on that yeah. note nothing else nothing else all right homestead your national guard and uh homestead yeah. your local armory yeah, yeah, home, yeah. Homestead, homestead your local armory. And, homestead uh, your local public property. That is public property. It's ours. Yep. Yeah. It's right. ours. Hashtag we, we the people. Yeah. <laughs> we the people. We the people, man. We the people. Again, yeah. these people are my family, you guys. <laughs> Hashtag save me. Peace.